Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 148. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode today, and I pray that it is a blessing. So before we jump in, um, I do want to just uh, just briefly remind um, any uh, particular topics or scriptures that you would maybe like for me to discuss further, maybe address questions that you may have, you can send me an email at the Bible Study Podcasts at gmail.com. The link to that email is in the description notes. Um, I also have some books available through Amazon that I have written. Uh, be sure to check those out. There are four of them. Uh, I believe that they will uh, bless and add some value to your uh, private individual study. So we'll just jump right in to today's episode. Um, it is regarding fruit of the Spirit. So today we're Really, this is a very important topic, uh, fruit of the Spirit. Now, let your response to that topic be the thermometer of your heart. If you felt a big sigh or a eye roll, then you've got a heart sickness that you need Jesus to intervene in. Let that realization provoke you to a cry of intercession by the sweet Lord Jesus who desires to transform your life. Amen. All right, so if you if you're in a in a place where you can, you can turn in your Bible or just listen. But I'll be reading from Galatians chapter 5 starting at verse 13, reading through verse 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness and orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Now, we could do weeks of in-depth study in this portion of Scripture and may do so later, but for today, the Lord wants us to explore fruit of the Spirit. We find in verse 22 the explicit list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, take a quick self-assessment on this list. How are you growing in this list? I want to point something out. Have you ever noticed that this list is called fruit of the Spirit and not fruits? This Greek word for fruit, karpos, is singular, not plural as well. Do you think that is intentional? When I ponder on why this is, I think of a grapevine. There are multiple grapes on the vine, but it's called the fruit of the vine. There isn't oranges that grow on it, nor apples or pears, only grapes. There are many grapes, but the fruit is uniform. It is singular. Could it be that the fruit of the Spirit is all of the same kind? If I put out nine chairs from me towards the back wall and I put love in the first chair, then joy, then peace, and so on, until self-control was in the back. And if I kneeled down facing the first chair, which is love, all I would see is love. The other eight would be there, but all those other kinds would be hidden behind love. They are there, but in unison with one another. Remember, when we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and that love is the key that makes all other gifts and ability of value. Love begins the list here in Galatians, and self is mentioned last. Do you think that is intentional? I want to draw something else out of this. Have you noticed that it's fruit of the Spirit, but acts of the flesh? It's from verse 19 and verse 22. Fruit of the Spirit, but acts of the flesh. Do you think that is intentional? How is fruit produced? as a secondary consequence of being connected to the source. Grapes form as a result of being connected to the vine. Grapes don't try really hard to produce themselves. Is that what we do in our Christian walk? We try really hard to produce the fruit that is supposed to be being generated of its own. Most people fall into two camps at this point. The carnal Christian will say, See, I can't do anything about how I am anyway. It's not about works. The self-righteous will say, If I can't do it, if I can do it, they can too. There's no excuse. Don't be in either of those camps. 
If you think you've attained fruit by trying hard, you're disillusioned. If you think you can stay in your carnality with no consequence, you're in danger. Let me show you something that I hope shakes you to your core. Look at verses 19 through 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you see that? Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who walk by the Spirit of God will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Do you live in hatred, discord, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy or drunkenness? If so, you do not belong to Christ. How can I say such a thing? Verse 24 gives me that confidence. It says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live in the flesh, as said above, your flesh has not been crucified, and you must visit the cross and give yourself to Jesus. Does this mean that if you get jealous, you do not belong to Christ? No. Notice the words of Scripture. If you live like this. The King James Version uses the phrase, do these things. If you do these things. The New King James uses the phrase, if you practice such things. It's the Greek word prasso, where we see our English word practice. It is an active present verb. Active because it's currently, present because it's now, and verb because there's doing. Doctors practice medicine. Lawyers practice law. Athletes practice their sport. This is a place of remaining and abiding. Translations that use words like do and practice give us difficulty in our understanding because we want to tie our salvation to doing or practicing, which may possibly grant us the ability to remain imperfect, which leads to complacency, which leading then dangerously to compromise. That's why I like the translation the NIV here uses in this instance of live. If you live like this, it helps to bridge the gap in my understanding If you live in a home, it's a place where you remain or abide. Do you say you love Jesus? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep 
my commandments. John 14, 15. Acts of the flesh are that which is done. Fruit of the Spirit is that which is produced in you. But pay close attention to this. This is important. Fruit will always affect our doing. So how then will you not gratify the desire of the flesh? Verse 16, because we all battle flesh, we all have flesh. So the question isn't if you, but rather when you come against your flesh, how will you not gratify the desires of your flesh? Well, verse 16, Paul tells us, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, stop right there. There is a promise here. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the flesh. Take the Bible promises as yes and amen. Take them as true and for real. Believe the Word of God. If we begin our journey into the more of God, but cannot believe what God has promised through His inspired written Word, then we are defeated before we even begin. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. To conquer is to defeat. So, how can you be more than a conqueror? It's to win before you've even began. Take God's word as truth and live from that place of truth and victory. Amen? So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So there is a trustworthy promise here. So what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Now, this could be a year's worth of teachings in itself, and still we wouldn't run out of things to say. But I want to make this as digestible as possible and as actionable now as possible. What is walking by the Spirit? It is the process of every step in life to be led by and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Walking by the Spirit refuses the leadership of self and determines to follow God through the Spirit. Now, embedded in that reality is something I taught on last week. The New King James Version and the King James Version says, Walk in the Spirit in Galatians 5.16. Now, do you remember what I proposed to you in the meaning in the Spirit? It's a place of knowing. So, if you are being led by the Spirit, verse 18, which is to yield to His leadership, you will get to know Him, the Spirit. To know the Spirit of God is to know God. 1 Corinthians 2.11b Even so, No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Just as your spirit knows you, the Spirit of God knows God. The Spirit's desire is to make God known to His people, His children. 
Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Paraphrasing now, the Holy Spirit makes the Father real to us and confirms to us that we are His. Search your heart right now. Do you feel resistance creep into your heart in that statement? Do you feel an agitation, a rub against the grain in that statement? Could it be that, in fact, you've never given yourself fully to Christ? That you may have repeated some words but never gave your life of death in exchange for His resurrection life that comes by way of Jesus alone? If this question is agitating you, you need to search your heart fully to see if you are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 13.5, Paul writes, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? If you are worried that I may talk you out of being saved, is your salvation that weak? No weapon of hell used against you should be able to convince you that you are not saved if you are truly saved. The Spirit bears witness to your spirit. To be led by the Spirit is relational, obedient, intimate, and life-changing. Take an inventory of your life over the years since your believed salvation. Has it been transformed for the better? Have you become a new person? Has fruit in your life been birthed as a byproduct of your salvation? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do these fruit manifest in your life? Have you yielded to God's desire to remake you into a new vessel for His desire? Can I make a bold statement? If I can talk you out of being convinced you're saved, then you are not saved. You may be a good person, you may be a good church member or church volunteer, but if you have not yielded your life and heart to Jesus to be led by His Spirit, then you're still a dead person walking. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. John fourteen six. So if, if you would, as you're listening, just take a moment to seek God. We can go through all the motions, repeat all the prayers, but if it's not the cry of our heart, then it means nothing. The thief on the cross didn't repeat a prayer or even confess sins. He acknowledged who Jesus was and wanted to be where he was. The thief didn't have time to produce good works or fruit of the Spirit. It's the believe and be saved good news. 
we all will find ourselves in a very unique and varying place in this particular moment. So I just want to pray now for those who may be listening to this lost. You may have had moments, even in church, but cannot look back and see transformation and perhaps have been deceived that Jesus, by His Spirit, leads you. The Holy Spirit is not witnessing to you that you are God's child. In fact, you may even feel very nervous or anxious in this very moment. I just implore you, if this resonates with you and your situation, that you cannot assuredly say, I am God's child, then I want you to just take a moment, even by way of this podcast episode. God can reach through any form, any medium, and can touch you where you are. It doesn't require a fancy prayer. It doesn't require anything anything in particular except a fully surrendered heart. Identify who Jesus is and want to be where he is. And so just take a moment to surrender your heart to Jesus. Now, I want to point out, salvation is not a destination. Salvation is a doorway. It's a doorway into restored relationship with God the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit makes the Father real to us and testifies or witnesses to us that we belong to Him. The decision to give your life to Jesus is the most important decision that you will ever make because eternity hangs in the balance. And so if you have now given your heart to Jesus, mark this day and begin a journey of intimacy and nearness, a journey of relationship with Christ Jesus. And then began to allow the leadership of the Holy Spirit to direct your every step, every moment by moment. And when you find yourself drifting away, a swift and obedient course correction to allow His leadership and subject your own desires to His desires. Now, another group that may be listening to this is those what we would call carnal Christians. This group of people may be indeed saved, but might be living a life of complacency and perhaps even carnality. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. They, these, these people or you may be trying to cling to the things of life or live in a manner that is below the holiness and purity of God. 
There may be an immaturity in spiritual things or a lack of interest in the things of God. If this resonates with you, I just want to say a prayer for you. God, I just I pray that you would awaken their hearts to desire, to longing, that they would choose the better way, which is you, fully surrendered and fully devoted to you. I pray that all of the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the glorious light of your name. I pray that that they would see you with fresh eyes, that the scales of their eyes would fall away and that nothing would compare to the greatness of knowing you. I pray that this fire that would develop in their lives, their hearts and mind would be a contagious thing that would spread to every sphere of influence that they have and that it would just be a wildfire takeover in their life and the lives of all that they touch. I thank you in advance in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Now, one last group that I want to particularly pray for is a prayer for those, what I may call the devoted ones. These are people who are passionately pursuing the things of God, who day after day desire to be and become more in the image of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for an increase in the fire and passion of God that your flame not falter or diminish. God, I thank you for these burning ones all across the world right now who are listening to this and who will listen to it in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. I thank you for their heart and their passion. I thank you that you are guiding their way, that you are leading them down narrow paths. I pray that you would increase their fire to even even more than they've thought possible. I pray that they would be such an influence in their world that people would see their lives and their devotion to God, not as some high and haughty way of being, but, but as, a, as a secondary con- consequence of being connected to you. Let th- the vineyard of their hearts blossom and bloom, multiply upon multiply, and may souls be multiplied into your kingdom for the passion and pursuit that they have for you. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives and every life that their hands would touch. I thank you in advance believing. Amen and amen. Well, I thank you for taking the time to journey with me on this discussion of fruit, a fruit of the Spirit. I pray that it minister to your heart, that it may have you asking some difficult questions in your own heart and mind, or perhaps solidify what you've known to be true. So if you would share this with people around you, perhaps it would spark a fire in their heart and receive the prayers in faith, believing that God can do all things to those who believe. I bless you, and until next time. We'll see you. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million.